You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Bring it back to the old school. What's up, Uncle B? Hey, how you doing, Big Lou? Oh, tremendous, man. Tremendous. tremendous. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. Tonight we have BS with Uncle B, and we have a special guest, Uncle B. Oh, who do we got tonight in studio? We have Brewmaster Extraordinaire, Head of Brewing <laughs> Operations. I don't know what, there's this names on names, a.k.a., a.k.a., <laughs> but the name is Kevin Buckley. Kevin, uh, welcome. What's up, Kevin? Thank you for coming in the studio today, brother. Sorry. Yeah, we got you. There we go. <laughs> we we should have done this about... Five minutes ago, but we were just sitting here talking. BS and Uncle B. We are BS and <laughs> I tell you, I, we didn't name the show for, for shits and giggles. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, man? I'm all right. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, man. We're, we're gonna we're gonna grill you tonight, man. Uh-oh. Uncle Uh-oh. B's got a, got a got a big list. Do you see this? We're, we're gonna we're gonna beat you up. There's an itinerary. This is some. No, you know what? You know what's funny? I, I make these little itineraries or. Uh, what do you, what's, what do they read off of? Um, prompter? Teleprompter? What? No? Script. Script. There we go. Oh, there we go. I, okay. I, I make these scripts. We maybe hit a quarter of the things I want to talk about because we just end up just rolling with it. And I prefer that. That's how I'd rather have a conversation. That's we're, what we do here. We, we, we sit here and have conversations. We're keeping it organic. We talk story. That's right. That's, That's right. right. It is. That's right. You know, it's funny. I didn't actually didn't, uh, say <coughs> where Kevin's actually from. Kevin... What brewery are you from? Barley Forge Brewing in Costa Mesa. There we go. Our very first brewmaster. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's been a show. It's, it's hard to get uh, anyone who works in the service industry to commit to a 7.30 Friday night. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's show. And uh, believe me, I've worked food service. I know how you can get that off. Well, it depends, too, because I mean, I'm lucky. I have a different schedule, so I'm not usually working right now, but I'm usually in at 4 or 5 in the morning. And then... Uh... Because you're the boss man. Yeah, that's that. You, yes, can we get we can, can we call you the boss man when it comes to making beer? Yeah, that's that's you. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no, no. Okay, so did you, did you work this morning? Yes, four o'clock. Yep. What'd you do? Did, break me through uh, like your your day. Uh, it's uh, usually I do a lot of my setup the night before, so I can come in first thing in the morning, turn lights on, start getting pumps going, uh, mill in, mash in. So today we were doing a new IPA for the Mohawk Bend. IPA fast. Ooh. So we're doing a 15-barrel batch just to kind of kick things off for there. Nice. When, when's that? Oh. It is in March sometime. I don't remember the date exactly. Okay. So is it going to take that long to brew those? Uh, yeah, because we got to ferment it usually about seven days, condition it for a little while, dry hop it, get it clarified, carbonated, packaged, and delivered. So Boom. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's uh, that is a process. Yeah. Well, will this be something that we're going to be able to enjoy at the Costa Mesa? Yes, we'll definitely have it on tap there. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> we, we 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 were all just there uh, before the show, you know, having a little pregame, warming up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little better after uh, <laughs> after a few. If anybody heard my first show, I was nervous, but after I had a few, everything got a little bit better. <laughs> everything got a little bit better. But uh, no, that was good, man. So. You know, we're going to ask you the basic questions, man. Okay. You know, for everyone listening. <clears throat> breweries. Why? 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 Well, what? Why? When? How? 
Uh, you're talking about for me personally? Yeah, you. Um, I started working for breweries in 2004. Okay, okay. Um, I had actually left California, was living in Iowa at the time. Um, was working at a grocery store there that had an extensive wine, liquor, uh, craft beer section. And he was a coworker there. He also worked part-time at a brewery about 25, 30 miles away. Okay. And he was actually getting ready to quit. And he's like, hey, you want to come hang out see what I do? I was like, that'd be really cool. So that weekend, I went to his house, homebrewed for the first time. That following Monday, after I got off my shift at the grocery store, went there with him to work. Were you a bag boy? What do you mean? Oh, uh, no. Uh, well, <laughs> they, they didn't have a Uncle bag B. boy, per se. It was kind of like a small family thing. But they had a lot of stock people, uh, managers. Okay. We ran liquor deliveries to tenured professors and stuff like that. Nice. in Iowa City. So, um, Went in with him, uh, shadowed him for a couple weeks, just helping him clean kegs, scrub floors, okay. see what takes to clean tanks, how bottling worked. Um, and then fortunate for me, even though he put in his notice, they never hired anybody to replace him. So I just kind of like, hey, I've been here for a few weeks anyway. You want me just to kind of slip in on the part-time? Yeah. And then, you know, a couple months go in. by. Then it's, you know, hey, you want to take over some more responsibility? And then a year comes by. And it's like, hey, you want to actually work in the brew house and start working in a lab and getting that hands-on? So it all started... At a grocery store. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's nice. pretty nice. Now, is there a science behind um, making beer? Like, is there, like, you have to be, like, totally specific on what you guys are pouring in there or else um, it changes, like, the, the composition or the flavor of, of the beer? I mean, with anything you're doing, there's there's chemistry, biology involved. Um, you could make it as complicated as you want. Okay. I mean, if you're just trying to have fun on the weekends, chill with some friends, you could make it super simple, do extracts, keep it easy, lighthearted, or you can just get super dorky on it and start... You know, doing your own yeast cultures and bacteria cultures oh, and growing stuff up. and Okay. So, I mean, from a hobby standpoint, it can be super easy, easy to get into, fun, low stress, or you can give yourself, you know, ulcers over it. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. But then you just took away the whole fun of hey, why you're doing it in the first place, right? Everybody has their own thing, man. You know, different strokes for different folks. Right? So, how'd you end up at Barley Forge? Um, I was still at Latitude 33 at the time. Um, was looking to kind of change up my position and what I was into at the moment so uh there was an ad posted on a forum about uh orange county brewery looking for somebody to take over they hadn't quite started yet they were mid opening construction right now um so i responded set up an interview came in met greg marianne and uh dave holes who was at the time supposed to be the brewmaster there uh had a quick interview hung out a bit uh talked some technical stuff went back home they called me back up, wanted me to come back the next week, so I brought samples of what I was making at Latitude. Nice. Just, hmm. just kind of got them into what I've been doing for a while. Um, and then after that, it was just contract negotiations, and then uh, finish up construction to get open. So Jeez. That, I think that was August, and we were open in October. And right. that was uh, 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we still had to finish some of the construction out. They actually done a whole bunch of construction before we even got there. Um, mm. The building they went into was just like a golf shop, a golf cart repair shop. Is so that it, what it, it was? was? It was just like this gutted hole of a building. <laughs> <laughs> um, infested with rats and all sorts of crazy nastiness. Oh, awesome. of course, of awesome. course. <laughs> so they, they tore out walls, put in new drywall insulation, ran all new cables. Like when you go in there and you see all the conduits and the pipe, the plumbing going everywhere, that's all added by them. Mm. Really? So it's pretty much a full gut job, brand pretty new much, spot. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Now, and it's funny if you guys have ever seen the uh, Barley Forge logo. It's a, it's this this hammer, right? Or it's a yeah. forging hammer, right? Now you actually, funny thing, you actually have that hammer sitting on in the corner uh, over a, there, a right close, under the TV. A close representation thereof. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was found on the roof while doing some of the construction. I was like, oh well, this kind of fits, and uh, so we kept it. And it's, it's funny too because uh, Marianne, um, who is a co-owner and tasting manager right now, um, she does or 
she still teaches metal arts, um, and she used to do a lot of jewelry design work, metal artwork. That's cool. So nice. she did that. And there was a time I used to work in jewelry stores doing repairs and manufacturing too. So we both kind of had that background. So it was Don the Jeweler. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Ke- oh, that's too easy. Kevin Jewelers, come on. <laughs> Shoot, do I have to, do I have to like register? Do I have right. to say, yeah, pay, uh, pay, pay, pay for that? So, that? Okay, well, let, let me ask you, uh, is, is it depend, it, does it, um, so you're the brewmaster, so depending on how you're feeling, that's what you're going to brew that day? I mean, how does it, how does all this work? Like, <laughs> Unfortunately, when you make it, a profession like this it's no longer your whim all the time it's uh like today it was kind of a fun thing we got to do a new beer so we got to design something totally different that we don't usually do but um uh, when we when you become a production brewery and you got to make sure stores have bottles on shelves it becomes very regimented does it um, does it do you lose like the um what's the word i want to i was going to say the soul okay that, that, yeah. that, that was the question the, the artistic you know, going from um, like when you're brewing at home that small batch stuff to now you're a production brewery. It doesn't really take the soul out of it as much as you know. Sometimes you get a little rundown with it being the day to day. Like we make so much Patsy that yeah. not every time I make a batch of Patsy do I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be sweet. Yeah, you're like <laughs> yeah, excited. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's, even Patsy a bad again. day of making Patsy is better than a good day at some job i didn't want to be at so that's that's true you know and then that's actually funny it's something i was thinking about i'm like is is there a beer that you guys sell it's a popular beer so yeah take the patsy that you're just like it's like imagine you know what's it what's imagine the stones playing a song yeah over and over everybody loves it they want to hear it angie there we go angie. everybody's singing they're like yeah but you're just like oh god you, is, well, it was weird because Patsy was never meant to be a full-time beer when we did it. Really? It was yeah. just a quick so seasonal? When we first opened up, um, it was actually released initially as a American dry rye stout. Okay. But to make extra beers and stuff and kind of play around a little bit, um, we actually put a little bit of coconut flavoring into kegs and transferred the stout into that. So we had coconut and then just the plain stout. Um, and it was just really well received, so I found a way to make it a little bit more interesting than just using flavoring. So we use actual coconut. Really? So instead uh, of just like a, like an extract or anything, it's yeah. We use a little bit of extract to kind of just have a consistent aromatics because batch to batch, any sort of spice uh, can vary a bit. So we have a little bit of extract to kind of keep the aromatics consistent, but okay. the flavor is a lo- we use a lot of coconut. Nice, yeah, which I I love, you know, and then they they give me grief about how I love beer floats. <laughs> I love beer floats, man. I wow. tell you, yeah, he, they, how old are you, Uncle had, B? How old are you? Thirty-one years strong and still loving floats, baby. That's an adult <laughs> beverage. It's a beverage that and means a dessert. You can have ice cream for breakfast now. You hear this? Do you hear this right yeah. now, bro? I put that in my espresso. Just a little ice right? cream. I'm out of cream. There's, um, you know, and this is another big beer, uh, you know, Belching Beaver. Their peanut butter stout. Yeah. You know, that's another one I love yeah, to do. Troy, and those guys do a great job. Yeah. So. You know, you know a lot of those guys down in Vista. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they came out with that uh, that Mexican the Mexican uh, chocolate <laughs> yeah. one, which uh, we 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 had in we had in studio actually. It was good. Uh, that was a uh, is that one of the first beer stout or beer floats you ever had? The Belgian beer. Yeah, that was the very first one. Damn right. What'd you it think? Was, it was good, man. Yeah, boy, it was good. Well, next next we got to try the Patsy. <clears throat> yeah, what do we, what do we got here, Uncle B? Oh, actually, well, I wanted to start not with the Patsy because I've so. God, was it was it future tripping or one louder that you guys would always be out of? Um, this was back in like I said when I, I so I used to live right down the street from you guys. I used to ride my bike. Oh, in like 2015, you were saying, right? Yeah, so it would have been one louder. One louder because it's almost all Nelson hops and that. And when you're a new brewery, unless you have a lot of hookups, it's hard to have really nice 
supplies of things, especially yep. when something's more popular than you anticipate. Yeah. So we were struggling to get Nelson when we first opened. So. And now you guys can get them pretty regularly because they're not cheap, right? Nelson hops are when you're buying on the spark market. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. How, yeah. how, how does all that work? Like sourcing the the, the raw materials. Like, oh, do, do you get do you guys have to have like certain pull, like you're saying? Um, you know, you where, where does the best material come um, from? It, it's kind of a toss up of things because. Um, there's obviously always a spot market for anything you're ever trying to find. Um, so it used to be back in the day you could get hops willy-nilly wherever you just called somebody and you, you'd get it. You had a guy. Um, yeah. You got a guy? Um, and even now, I mean, there's you know multiple companies know you can guy. order from, but um, a lot of them are moving more towards contracting. So what they want you to do is to project three to five years into the future – sign contracts and they get you that you need to pre-book all of that oh, and then some companies geez. if you don't have a certain production rate don't even want to do contracts with you because you know there's no guarantee how long you're going to be open how much you're going to really go through yeah. so well uh, we're just now getting old enough now where we have a high enough production rate in the business long enough that we're we can pretty much set up contracts with most of our vendors without any issue okay um but the first year it was a lot of hey you know haven't seen you in a couple of years you got any extra socks you want to sell me or you know anybody that's got some nelson or you're you trying know, to hustle it's yeah it's Kind of like that old school day when you're a kid and trying to get party supplies in high school, man. It's just you're calling everybody you know, just scrambling. Um, what, what's the what's the shelf life of the of the raw goods when you guys bring them in? Like, it it depends on the raw good. Uh, some of the the grains, um, unmilled, kept in a proper storage, could be up to a year. Uh, hops have a, a shorter shelf life. They start degrading within six months usually, um, depending on what you're using them for. If you're just using them for bitterness, that really never goes away. But if mm-hmm. you want the strong, pungent aromatics, the quicker you can use it, the better. So, um, so you can like stockpile stuff then, right? You can to an extent, but you gotta you gotta store it properly and go through it as quickly as you can, and then just mm-hmm. get new stuff in. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the crazy thing with doing the, the the long projected contracts is, you know, being two or three years old, it's hard for me to say, you know, in five years what I'm going to be doing. You know, what if I only see fifteen percent growth over the next year for the next five years, or what if all of a sudden I start doubling and tripling and yeah. it's crazy. You can't, you really cannot forecast what is going to well, happen. And the other thing too is like, you know, we used to use uh, one louder as our big double IPA and now we do a lot more future tripping. We've kind of cut back one louder. Really? Um, so, you know, that changed some of our hop contract possibilities because, you know, now we're not using all the same hops because it's a different beer altogether. Mm-hmm. So. Well, speaking of future tripping. Ooh. Oh, those crawlers like sounded really nice. Yeah, you know, the crawlers do have a little more of a crack. I like that. The, a little bit thicker, yeah. Yeah, the metal's a little thicker. So, yeah, you know what's funny? So I just cracked um, a crawler of the future tripping, uh, 9.3% double. Uh, give us a quick rundown. Um, Malt-wise, it's pretty simple. It's uh, American two-row, a little bit English pale, uh, some Wireman uh, Cara foam for sort of a dextrin body-build foaming for our head retention. Okay. Um, Hops, it's uh, bitterness with uh, Polaris, which is a German high-alpha hop. Um, and then everything else is Simcoe Amarillo. Which are, which are really popular. You get a lot of... And it, it used to be like a super new school thing to do, but now that we're all getting older, um, it's not the new school hops anymore. They're, they're becoming the, the old classics now. So like, yeah. you know, Centennial. Uh, Alpine Duet was oh, 50-50, Duet. Yes. just sweet. It, those hops just rang in there. Yep. Um, a little bit light. I mean, duets. I think seven, seven and a half percent is a little bit lighter in the ABV range. But my, one, one, one of my favorite ones from uh, from Alpine was uh, was the Nelson. Oh yeah, that was Nelson. when I worked here. That was my favorite beer. Yep. Yeah. Still, and you know what's funny? They, um, it's different. I know, but their their Hoppy Birthday. Yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying <laughs> that recently. But not recently, but it's been around for quite a bit. But yeah, I've always liked that. As, as as for pale, it's 
Well, it's so weird, cause, you know, just seeing their beer. Everyone now that they have the partnership with Green Flash, because I remember working there, and we were just busting every day to try to get beer out to meet all the orders we were getting in. It was, mm-hmm. you know, they had such a great product, and uh, Val, Pat, and Sean are great people. Um, yeah, it was really cool to see them just, you know, working hard, seeing it pay off for them, yep. and then now seeing their product everywhere and just seeing them be able to relax a little bit and have fun. And, and enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, though. You bring up Green Flash. I mean, touchy right now? Or? Uh, I mean, it depends. Have, uh, have, you, have you heard, Lou? No. Is there a sellout? We're talking about sellouts no, now? No, 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 no. They're, they're doing a staff kind of rollback, market rollback thing right now. So they're, they're downsizing some of their sales force. Really? They're bringing back some of the territories and focusing on easier to manage territories for them right now. Huh. And that's, that's now what, and I, I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of them cause I, I love green flash, but uh, that's two years in a row now to almost to the day. Um, I mean, they grew so fast. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, yep. And it's when you start going to all these markets, you have to be able to really put boots on the ground and really, you know, people got to, the fight for your brands there. I'm sure you get the, the shelf space and the tap space, and it's not cheap to have those territories open. If no, if they're not performing for you, man, it's it's hard to justify. You, even if you love those salespeople, man, you can't keep on the payroll if they're not cutting it. Of course, not, not, not that that they weren't cutting it, but maybe the market wasn't ready for Green Flash. Of course, or they're not ready for craft beer yet. Because so. they really tried to push that. Because Green Flash is really hot forward. Everything mm-hmm. is going to be really hot. I mean, one of their biggest beer, the West Coast. Yeah, uh, and so they, what? Where they opened up uh, Virginia. Yeah, they have a Virginia location. They have the big Miramar location. Yeah, and I, and you know, I'm wondering maybe the East Coast wasn't ready for for that. You I don't know, know but necessarily the East Coast. I think it's probably a lot of the in between. Yeah, you yeah. know that whole Midwest, the Middle East. Uh, <laughs> is, there, is that the Middle East? <laughs> That's what it's called, right? No, Sorry. I mean, but don't you have people that do like analysis and you know market research for that? So hey, you know what? Like this is a good market to to sell your product. You try I mean, to do as much as you can. Um, so it's such a big investment, you know it's, what I mean? It's a huge investment. And I don't think God, I don't think I don't think them doing the Virginia Beach brewery was necessarily a wrong step for them. It probably helped them immensely. Um but it it's just coming down to when you're trying to service as much of the US as possible as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. that might not have been the most responsible step forward. Mm. They probably could have unrolled some states a little bit slower, really kind of saturated some markets and then moved and expanded and moved and expanded instead mm-hmm. of just, hey, we have all this capacity now, get it out there. It's yeah. kinda like kinda like Planey, you know, where it's hard to get. You know what I mean? But people want it all the time, right, Uncle B? Yeah, you just got to gotta control the availability, mm. you know. But if you can put it out everywhere, then that kind of decreases the... And the value of it? What's it the supply, literally the supply and demand. You increase the supply, reduce the demand. Yeah. To a certain extent. I mean, Pliny has a, a uniqueness in that, that arena. I don't think yeah. you're going to see too many duplicates of that ever occur again, but... No, no. And, and what's so funny is, like, I love Pliny. I do, but... For all the hullabaloo and, and how oh, yeah. difficult it is to get it and, oh, my God, there's plenty. Let's go run and get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's, I'm like, I like it, but I also like other beers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I roll into a liquor store and somebody goes, hey, I got a couple balls in the back. You want one? Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. But I've been places where somebody just suddenly puts a keg on tap and there's like a 30-minute wait at a bar to get a pint of Pliny. And I'm like, you know, there's 10 other really good IPAs on tap here that's mm-hmm. like yep. a two-minute wait. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just going to go that route, and whenever a plenty falls on my lap, I'm happy to take him. But. Exactly. And you know what's funny? Because um, uh, one of our, the, uh, so, so we, uh, we, 
Lou is our uh, – well, I know your name. Thank you. Big Lou. Big Lou. Hi, I'm right here. Is, so he's our race team manager for uh, the Path Bike Shop. Uh, okay. We race mountain bikes. And uh, so one of the, the, the breweries that uh, sponsors us is Tustin Brewery. Mm-hmm. And their guest beer, their guest tap list is usually oh, pretty yeah. good. And they had Pliny for a good month and a half, and it was just – always there it wasn't like hey this is a mad a run on on pliny so mm-hmm. I, yeah. i'm wondering if like has the like the, the spark the spark been faded because what that didn't uh wasn't it a bell's beer that that took the uh the top ipa two-hearted yeah ah that's what it was two-hearted it was either two-hearted or hop slam but i don't think it was hop slam okay where, where are those where are they based out of they are out of michigan Okay, mm-hmm. and they and they took over what they would call the. This is what what that was as. Uh, what was the 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 officiating the governing body that yeah. said that that wasn't? I forget, but either way. Apparently. So, so I mean, it's like a once a year thing where they do like a, a beer competition, like hey, who's got the best um, beer of each was, class, or how does that work? I, I think that might have just been like a reader's poll. Or was like that a, what that was? Oh, somewhere. okay. It's not like a World Beer Cup or uh, what was the one in Colorado? GABF. JBF. Yeah. The Great American Beer Festival. That's the one. Yep. And you wait, hold on. Were you guys there? Um, I didn't make it this year. We did send a couple representatives down and submitted some stuff to the competition. But... Okay. But you guys you wait, I mean you guys have won plenty uh, of awards. We had a booth there. <laughs> oh that's that's and that's fine, is to show your wares, show your, your work. But you know, you you guys have been uh been busy uh what uh, best brewery or oc weekly 2015 17 16 17 2016 at least 16 and then they did a a, like an editor's poll fair thing earlier or no it was actually reader's poll for like best local ipa and something else which which, what what, uh, was it orange curtain it was orange curtain nice now you're you're going up against decent decent competition what noble's got a a decent ipa i'm trying to remember uh what the name of it was, but uh, you it know, escapes me. They, I don't know if they still make it up, but Nose Candy was one I loved a lot. You love that booger sugar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That Colombian Bam Bam will get you. Hey. Now, no, 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 it's funny. And then um, who was it now? Um, I don't know. You know what? And that's, and that's the big thing is in the last couple we, – we had a discussion about this, about IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. That's, that's the go-to. It used to be yeah. when I first got into brewing, like everybody had like one or two IPAs, maybe a double. Mm-hmm. But you did a lot of other stuff, and now it's like if you don't have a handful of IPAs almost year-round, man, nobody, nobody cares. No. It's crazy. No, 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 no. So, so no, 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 that, there's a good question. Now, what's something that you you like to brew but maybe not it might, it might be the popular – What's yeah, what, are, what is your favorite right now? I mean, the, I like brewing. I love doing like German-style lagers, okay. um, just like continental ales that aren't necessarily in favor, uh, some of the weirder – not like spicy or sour Belgian stuff, but like some of the funky, funky Belgian stuff. Um, you, our Oktoberfest is actually one of my favorite beers that we brew every year. I, love, I like yeah. that Oktoberfest. You guys have a, you got like a like a sour blonde right now. Yeah, we're, we're dipping into the sours a bit now. We've been open for a little while. I love sours. Uh, and this guy loves schedule. the sours, which is why he loves Sismontane. Yeah, who is. I have to say, got to plug one of our sponsors. Thank you very much, Wes. Show, show advertiser. That's right. I, I yeah. do like this shirt. I like this color. <laughs> it, goes, it pairs well with my skin tone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it does. It and, does. And we also have a uh, um, we have a new uh, advertiser, right, Uncle B. Oh, Troop Coffee. Troop, Troop Coffee Roastery. Yeah, no, wait, Troop, Troop, Racing. Troop Racing Roastery. That's, that's right. right. These guys are rad, pretty rad, actually. They're a, 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 a bike team, road and mountain bike. Who they're like, you know, we can't find good coffee. 
started roasting it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. You support your local brewery, support your local roastery. It's the same thing. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been, they've been great enough. We had them on the show and, uh, now they're hooking us up with some coffee and, and, and I'm loving it. Yep. We we like, we like coffee. We like beer. We like wine. We have coffee, beer. Oh, you don't like wine. No. Oh, you like coffee beer? Coffee beer is good. You like the Patsy? Yeah. Everybody loves the yeah. Patsy. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's good. But I, you know what? I prefer, I prefer a sour, good sour, too. He does. He does. You know, and, and a lot of breweries don't have like a, like a sour, you know, like a good sour selection. I mean, there's, there's a few. I mean, is, is, there, not, is there not a demand um, for, for sour oh, beers? There's definitely demand oh, for it. In the last, within the last probably two years, it's really spiked. Huge. Um, it's just, it's... Huge, a bit Huge. more complicated of a process to do it and not have it interfere with your normal production. Right. Um, okay. Because you're using lactobacillus, which is a wild, crazy thing to play with if you're not careful. Um, and that, that gets into your normal beers, and all yep. of a sudden now we have sour patsy, and who wants that? So. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to pass <laughs> on the sour weird. patsy. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. No, yeah, um, yeah. We were reading that some some breweries have had the same location because of the the way that uh, it's affected the wood. Oh yeah. Places like Cantillon and stuff, they, you know, even when they went through remodels and updating some of the equipment, they made sure to, like, not disturb some of the ceiling tiles yes. because it has the bacteria that causes some of their spontaneous fermentation and inoculation of their fermentation. And, so, it, and it gives that signature flavor. It's their funk, man. That's really? It literally is funk, as, which is why you love that. You love that shit. You love that funk. <laughs> nah. I, and I, I, me, I, I can't, I cannot get onto the, I've tried. I've tried what put people like call as uh, quality sours, decent sours, shit sours. I've tried them all. I just can't I, can't. I can't do it. It's sort of like how IPAs were, you know, five years ago. It's sort of an acquired thing. If you Some people will just get right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other people, you know, you ease into it a bit, and maybe you never get into being into the crazy sours. Maybe you just maybe a little tartness is all right. Yeah, so. I don't mind a, tar- a little tart. but I'm really sweet, Uncle B, so a little tartness is good. Wow. <laughs> You're a little sweet, huh? Whatever, whatever. He's also available for Valentine's Day. Hey. Hey. No, no, no. You're taking, but I'm I'm, I'm, (laughs) Uncle B's, what are you, Uncle B? You're on Bumpo? What are you on? Bro, I'm single and keen to mingle is what I am, son. Let me tell you this. 30, flirty, and thriving at 31. I'm getting older, man. So so you guys have this uh, new beer that came out, right? The, Ooh, the Donkey Guard. The Donkey Guard. Yes. <laughs> Uncle B, what, what, Uncle B, go ahead. Beat I him just up, had man. it. I just had it. Um, Let him have it now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> so a weird beer. It's so. a double red. Yes. Keep it real, Uncle B. Keep and, it real. But, but what, what, what I did like about it is the fact that it was a collaboration, right? Yeah, with Setting Sun Sake. Setting Sun Sake. So... How does that work? Like, yeah, that, that that was my interesting point. I'm um, like, wait, it's funny. Uh, Josh Hembry and uh, Keldon, who opened up Setting Sun Sake, uh, have been in the beer industry for a long time, okay. um, working for Stone. Uh, Josh, at some point in time, was a, a sales rep for me at Latitude. So it all kind of, especially that, that whole Vista man. We all know each other. All the, the Vista boys, um, the Vista crew. And you know they're both very active still in the brewing scene out there. They do collaborations with people there, or just help out in general. Sure. Um, so yeah, knowing Josh, I hit him up one day. I was like, "Hey, let's just do something funky," and you know, that was funky. Don't don't threaten him with a good time because he'll show up. So, <laughs> and he'll bring uh, some sake with so him. So yeah, huh? we uh, we got a culture of his his yeast and brought it up and uh, made this weird beer <laughs> with it, man. All right, all right. And, and has it has how's it how's it uh, been selling so far? Um, I think the initial reaction was a little skeptical because it is uh, like I said a double red ale, which not everybody's into reds. It's a hoppy version of one which kind of makes it a little bit more niche, and then you throw the sake yeast in there, and it does have some of that 
that higher alcohol floral sort of sake notes to it. So. I, de- I definitely got the floral. I got a lot of sweet. It was sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. It was sweet you know, but I, and, and so when, when, it, when I when I think double red, I'm thinking I, I think I'm going to get some of that hop character in it, but still have that caramel kind of. Yeah. But and I enjoyed it, but I I, I was like eight <laughs> percent. Where is it? <laughs> It doesn't always have to hurt to be 8%. Yes, it does. <laughs> Uncle B. Yes, it does. Keeping it real. I like the pain. <laughs> no, I told the guys from Sismontanes about, about, uh, about yeah, uh, double you gotta, rainbows. You got to keep it real, man. You know, and, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. You yeah. know, and, and, I, and that's the whole thing about what I love about beer is that some, some people love a certain beer, like your sours. Mm-hmm. I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and I'm going to try them. I'm going to drink every single one. You know, and am I going to buy another one? Maybe. Why not? I don't know. But I tell you what, I like the one louder. Mm-hmm. And I like the future tripping. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. it is. And I'm not saying I didn't like it. And I apologize. I'm not coming off oh, no. bad on your beer or anything. You're such a jerk. I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like a dick. The, the fun thing is, you know, if every brewery made the same beer, it'd be pretty boring really fast. Exactly. So that's that's exactly. what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm a big boy. I can take that. Everybody's going to love everything I do all the time. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's fun to get the reaction where somebody's not 100% pleased because it's just, you know, maybe they notice something about it you don't or just gives you a different perspective, and yeah. that's fun. So, so. so actually, that, that, that brings me up. I had this. I really wanted to ask you this. Do you, so as a, as a brewer, do you read the reviews on, like, Rate Beer, Beer Advocate? Oh, yeah. do, you, do you give them any, any, any uh, heed? I mean, I don't look at every single one and look at it as gospel, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my God, you know, go home crying. Uh, and I will <laughs> definitely read it and, you know, take a, t- a minute to really kind of digest where they're coming from on it. Um, some people are really articulate what they're saying. You can you can see what they're writing and, and know they have a little bit more perspective than some other people. Some sure. people are just... You know, maybe they they do this in their free time just because they're bored, and they just, that, that 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 would be me. They, they say whatever, um, and some of it doesn't make much sense. So you know, they're not putting much jibber jabber. Into, yeah, shenanigans. Um, shenanigans. Some of it's that, just that's me. Some right of it's here. just funny as hell because they just say random things, and <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, uh, but what, you know, what is he smoking? Definitely yeah, right? do you know roll through Untapped, uh, Beer Advocate, and kind of just scroll for that every so often. Take a look, see what's what's happening. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool too because especially with those, you can kind of see where. Especially now that we we ship out to different states and different parts of California, I can kind of see where it's landing and seeing what region sort of reactions are to it. Oh, now are you seeing a different reaction based on what region you're sending to? Um, I definitely see like a big difference in Arizona. What do you see ship- in Arizona? What's that? What are you seeing in Arizona? Um, just you know, they tend to not be as big into like our double IPAs as much. Uh-huh. They like them, but they're not as just like Southern California. Slap you in the face yeah. with hops. Um, <laughs> that's, I, that's what I request. You know, it's just different markets sort of have of different, different sort of flavors that they kind of go for. And right, just, right. Um, you know, and it, it lets you know, like, what retailers are doing good for you, too. You can kind mm-hmm. of see a lot of check-ins at one place. And, okay, this place really happened. The people are really pushing for us there. So, like, if we happen to go there and do sales calls and check up on the distributors, we know we can pop in there, say hi to the owners and stuff, and kind of, like, thank them and, and things nice. like that, too. you got to show face. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, so we're, now we're talking about distribution. Uh, Uh-oh. Here <laughs> it comes. Here it comes. No, no, no. I mean, what, Uncle B? What? 
I mean, if you want to talk about distribution, we can talk about. All right, go ahead. You start. We're going to talk about about sellouts. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about sellouts, man. Goodness gracious! Yeah, I know. That's 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 the new buzzword. So we 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 have an ongoing little little tiff, if you will. It's a friendly tiff. Good word usage. That's I've been trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, he went to what is it, San Diego State University? So he's getting his money's worth. He's getting his money's worth. That's right. Which is why I was a Green Flash. That's right. STDSU all day, every day. That's right. But you know, we always talk about you know you get getting all these breweries now bought up by AB InBev. You know, Coors, Morrison Cools. Miller Coors. Uh, yeah, it was at St. Archer. St. Archer, yeah. you know, and all that. And, you know, and, and yeah, I see it. You know, yeah, you're, you're, you're quote unquote selling out. Lou is, Lou is saying, nah, they're selling out. They're done. They're done, you know. But I'm looking at it as, you know, you got into the business, you know, uh, to, you know to, to make good beer, to make money, and to let it, people enjoy your beer. Right? Maybe the money one is, is down there. Yeah, but money's well, always good. Money's always good. <laughs> what, yeah. what are your thoughts, Kevin? Um, I think it depends. Um, when a company can get financial assistance from elsewhere and still keep their integrity and still be the, the ones leading the charge in their, their brew house, their platform, I'm, I don't hate on that. Um, as long as the product's still good and they're uh-huh. still treating the people that work there good, I'm all right with it. Thank you. Um, you hear this? You hear this? Shake my hand, sir. Yes, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm talking like, about. When you go and you hang out at Ballast Point, because that's the one everybody likes to throw out yeah, Everybody here, loves Ballast Point. You know, it's still the same guys making it it's still mm-hmm. is it really yeah, yeah. even though constellation threw a billion dollars into them still the same people heading it up the day-to-day operations still run for the same handful of people man you hear this lou um, you hear this that's what i'm talking about man it's just like uh chris used to be at uh, scripps ranch um he oh, moved to yeah. home brew mart and then yep. they took home brew mart moved that brew system to long beach he's still on that system running that system in long beach well, right really? the same one down there that, that was down linda vista Yep. Really? Yeah, that old school. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, they, right. they 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 pulled that out, made that more of a, a tap room home, like stand at the homebrew section there, and then put that system in the Long Beach location. That's right, Lou. That's right. You know, and they they brought staff up from it, from that location. And, okay. Uh, All right. You know, now they're using it a lot for R and D facility because they have the the Trade Street Sour program. Like uh-huh. there's a whole facility there just for doing sour and funky stuff now. See now, now yeah. So that's... this one's a little bit more brew pub, uh, just sort of R and D fun stuff for them. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the the beer hasn't changed a lot in the last couple of years. It's, there's been changes, but it always uh, going to change. It's craft brewing, man. Like, as much as I, lo- as I love Ballast Point, and we'll get back to the uh, the sellout, I, I feel like things have kind of slowed down in the uh, development. And now it's just, hey, let's let's make a flavored Sculpin. Or let's, let's do there – there was a beer at the Long Beach uh, location. It's called the Blunder. They did a. Did you have it? No, but it's okay. a great name. It, yeah. it, it was uh, it was uh, it was a sculpin with um, uh, big eye hops. Okay, and I loved it. I loved it. Now it was only available there for a limited time. I got my growler fills and yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, do I like all the flavored sculpins now? Absolutely. I'm not super into it, but you know they're not going to make a bunch of beer people aren't buying. True. So, I mean, if, yeah, but, point, but, but, if, if you're going to hate on it and you're, you're going to talk about it like that, like your your money's always God. If if people weren't buying it, they wouldn't be making it. This is and true. That's why you see a lot of those flavors kind of like you don't see pineapple sculpted very much anymore. Well, that's true. You don't. Huh? That, that was out for like what eight months hard and just died off. Oh. Yeah, but, but grapefruit, man, that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not going anywhere. Watermelon Dorado, you still see. 
But, but, but not I, even as much as you used to. Like two years ago, you saw that everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. See, but I, I think that it, you, you lose kind of the authenticity because now that you have the money, you're like, oh, let's just throw, let's just throw money at this, and let's throw, and you know what I mean. Instead of be like, hey, you know what, guys, we we have a limited budget. Let's focus on something. You know what I mean? Because now, now you have a billion dollars you can throw around. You know what I mean? And you can experiment and and you know just like, hey, if this doesn't work out, no big deal, type of deal, right? Yeah, but I mean, you also see them just developing a lot. Like you know, after they did Miramar. Then all of a sudden they got Long Beach up and going. Yep, yep. Then they got Trade Street up and going. Now they're looking at doing another location in Anaheim. Really? Downtown Disney brew pub in. I did hear about that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. is it official now? Yeah. There there will be in downtown Disney a Ballast Point brew pub. Yep. Interesting. That that's gonna be big for oh, them. Yeah, that's oh my huge. god. Yeah, but what what about what about the small guys? You know, like uh, what is that? What is that? Uh, there's one in Anaheim too, right? Yeah. So right right near uh, Angel Stadium, you have uh, Noble Ale Works. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not gonna say Golden Road is a little guy. Okay, Golden. But Road. you have Golden Road. You the have a taste. Pub location there, yeah. Yeah, which actually, you know, I like a couple of their beers. You know, and um, who else you got around there in Anaheim? There's a couple more. Uh, Fullerton, you got Bootleggers, which mm, that's gonna bring me into uh, my next thing but we'll get into that later about no, let's do it i mean let's do it yeah let's do it man all right well so costa mesa mm-hmm. small area what i had to write this down because I, <laughs> I i never heard of this this actually referred to as so in the area down is uh, costa mesa off near bristol uh you have the camp the lab that is called sobeca Yes. the south bristol entertainment and cultural arts district Jeez. Yes. like really who thought of that i mean it's hipster some it's hipster. The camp has been there forever. Yeah. The lab is it, it newer. Was, it was something they sort of did because they wanted to do like a redevelopment of that area. Sure. They wanted to get more novelty shops in. They wanted to get, well, I guess novelty probably isn't the right word, boutique. Ooh, yeah. Probably better. Yeah. Um, they wanted to focus more on art, craft, just having a little bit more personality instead of just having a drab sort of industrial section there. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's something they've been working on for a while. Um it made for some interesting hurdles getting opened to begin with. Uh, that was a lot permits of, and everything uh, that for you guys for permits, inspections, approvals. It's supposed to base a hard ass on that. They they were not very easy in the beginning. They're they're easing up a little bit, um, especially towards getting new businesses in. Now that they're they seeing want, they the, want revenue, the money. Now that they're yeah. seeing the revenue they want that and the traffic. Yeah, yeah. It's the notoriety that comes along with it. Like what the brewing he did for Vista. You know, all of a sudden, that just became just a, a place to go to hang out and check out breweries and then, you know, nice restaurants. and Turned it into the new Temecula. Yeah, it, it's it's the beer version of Temecula yeah. at that point. Yeah, hands down. Um, so it, it was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, coming into Costa Mesa at first, we were the only brewery other than the uh, Carl Strauss. Carl Strauss, yeah. Um, that was coming in with our business model trying to do what we were going to do, and they had no idea how to handle us, govern us. It was just sort of like making it up as they went. The new and kids on the block. Yeah, you know, there's, there's not like when somebody opens a, or starts, you know, doing the governance for a city, they go, you know, someday we're going to have alcohol purveyors coming in and making stuff, so we, get, we better think about this now. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely address it as it comes up, and that made for some weird hurdles and awkward conversations, but, mm. you know, eventually we got open and proved that we were there to stay and put out a decent product, and just grow and try to help better that area of Costa Mesa. And, uh, and I think you have. I think because you, you really, I mean, you have, a, you have a great area with the camp and the lab. You know, you got good restaurants, but, yeah. you know, you don't have a, a good place to be able to enjoy a good drink. 
you know. And not, I'm not talking to go get get shitty. You can go do overdo that the huddle. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, the huddle is that jukebox going. Oh my crazy. god, you know how many times I got a little tipsy over at the huddle? <laughs> rode, somehow rode my bike back home. Right whiskey there. Hey. You can get some Templeton rye, some basil. You get don't, some uh, buffalo trays. Don't, don't tell me about it. some. See, wait, we, right. we need to All bring right. you back in for right. the spirits aspect <laughs> yeah. of this with uh, with, yeah. with, with with Dan. Uh, but yeah, then you know, then that's right. So so now, so you guys were the first full production brewery in Costa Mesa. Yes. Now, as of December 2017, they right or is it September? It was September. I think they uh, the city approved two more breweries. They approved bringing uh, Coast uh, Costa Mesa to let. Gunwells open up. Oh yeah, well, sorry, sorry. Um, Gunwells so came there. in, and then shortly after that, uh, Bootleggers and Salty Bear, and there's another one that the name is going to escape me on up on College and Brewing Reserve of California. That's it. Which I was like, mm, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, that all has happened. So the year previous was Gunwell. This year was the last one's but mentioned. Why? So. Why? Why set up shop right across the street from you guys? Why you know what I mean like it's like it's kind of like stepping on your turf, man. Um, I mean, like, I, I mean, you know, what I mean, you gotta give them a little that. bit of respect. Like, hey, you know what? That's your guys' area. Let's yes start somewhere no. else. I mean, you know I, I, I mean? don't know what their because part of opening any business is not only location, but it's the real estate you can get that location at. Like, sure. how much is it going to cost you? Like, maybe they had a good relationship, whoever had that building, and they were able to get it at a really good price. And it's a great location to be oh, at. So I can't, you know, they we picked it for a reason. So I mean, I can't hate them for doing that, and. They make a great beer. I love those guys. Um, you know, no hard feelings about it at all. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you keep it real around here, boy. I tell it's you. actually really cool sometimes to get off work, Kevin's holding go across back. the street, and go to a Kevin's yes, holding back. hang out, talk a little bit of shop, have a pint, go home. Like arm it. wrestle. Arm um, wrestle for the, for the street. You know, and I was over there for their, their one-year anniversary. They threw a great party for that. Nice. Um, so, right. you know, they're, they're good guys. I like them. Um, for me, it was a little bit more of a city issue. Yeah, just yeah. because they not that you want them to be hard on other people, but it really kind of bugs you when you know all the stuff you had to go through mm-hmm. and you just you're sitting there like, damn, they can just do whatever. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're doing good. They're thriving. They're looking at expanding a little bit. Really? So, are yeah. they? Because they don't have a they don't have a restaurant operation, do they? No, they have food trucks. They have food trucks. Yeah. That's right. That's right. See, now that's another whole thing that you guys had to do with licensing for. I'm sorry, not uh, uh, permitting for a restaurant, right? Uh, the city actually wouldn't let us have food trucks. So if we wanted food, we had to do it. Wow. Why would they not let you have food trucks? They just they thought it would be uh, burdensome burdensome to the restaurants around. Oh, they didn't really want to have food trucks parked in the street and. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that because I, I got to be honest, the parking is already oh, yeah, terrible. horrendous. I mean, terrible. you guys have to do valet now. Yeah. Which um, was So, nuts. yeah, we, we actually pay for a lot down the road and we have valet that move cars over there. You pay for a lot? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we pay extra rent to have an extra mm. parking lot to, to shuttle cars to. Um, we have valet service there three days a week. Yeah, uh, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday. Saturday. Yep. So now that that's see now that's my other question now. Now, now that you're ha- going to have those, you got bootlegger, you got salty bear, and then brewing reserve. Yeah, brewing reserve down down the street. Further away. Yeah. yeah, but mainly around Randolph, uh, Bristol area. What um, the? I I know we really kind of we try to have dialogue with the city to try to address the parking there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we'd really like to see crosswalks because there's no crosswalks really. Right I, I, I almost yeah. got hit by a car uh, today. Yeah. Um, this is true. I almost died. Well, don't be jaywalking. There's, there's, with the two lanes of there traffic no and the crazy side parking, you know, it's hard to really see. So you're kind of like jetting into traffic just to kind of see around uh, cars uh, to pull out. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
thankfully we don't see a lot of accidents there, but we see a couple fender benders here and there, and we see people come really close to getting hit, and it's, you know, um, that's a big concern for us, not f just for that area, but just or that street, but that whole area just needs better parking. It does. Um, just for the safety of the people mm -hmm. wandering around and driving around, it's not cool. Yeah, um, and plus, it, it, for safety, I don't need, I don't want to park at Memphis. To walk, to all walk all the way to to freaking Barley Forge. So and it, I'm just saying, like, and then that's not you guys. That yeah. uh, that once again I mean, is a city issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're a little bit busier than we thought we would be, so it's a little bit on us and our parking space. You know, Gunwell's doing a great job over there. They're taking up parking in that area, and then the other businesses around are growing. There's just new businesses coming in, people getting more clientele, and as that area gets busier, it's just uh, I'm, I'm really hoping the city comes up with a plan sometime soon to start working towards addressing that whole area for parking mm. sorry go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. i was going to talk about parking real quick okay, speaking of parking for go for it man they got something that's taken up some good quality parking yeah there's a big ass army truck have you guys ever seen that thing whose is that what? yeah that well, is ours i want to know <laughs> the because in my whole time that thing is i've never seen it move uh, I, I, I we, imagine we were it actually does. out driving it yesterday. Uh, <laughs> is that a deuce and a half? What is that? Yeah, it's it's the, uh, it the big a... three axle. Oh yeah, air brakes, it's military. sick. Yeah. It is. Don't get me wrong. I want to I want to drive that. Yeah. I, I got I got a class B. Let's there do it. You, go. you do. Yeah, yeah you, you drive that. This man <laughs> drives trucks for a living. Uh, but so we actually set it up for doing uh, festivals. So we actually have jockey boxes that will fit to the side of it and pour out the side of it, oh. so we can pull up to an event and just start pouring out of it. Um, We've done, like, for shows, some deliveries to certain accounts when we were still self-distributing and stuff. And, okay. um, it's really just one of those little kid in you, I have mm -hmm. to have this when yeah. I see it, purchases. And we mm -hmm. like, we can brand this. It'll be great. It's I got awesome. You got, it, the, you got the Tonka truck. Oh, yeah. It, that thing, <laughs> traffic can suck, and it doesn't matter. It's, it's winning. It's yes. <laughs> yes. You winning. are. If, yeah, I need this lane. I am taking yeah. that lane. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you guys ever make it down to uh, Barley Forge, make sure to just take a look at this uh, full-on fatigue camo beast. Is, is that yeah. the name? Please tell me you have a name for it. Uh, I think the that's what Greg calls it that sometimes. He calls it by its actual military thing, which I don't remember. The It's a M9 something or blah. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, I actually, always wanted they, they just did T-shirts that have that on the front of it now. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Nice. You know, I always wanted uh, you know, the, the Unimogs, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those things are rad. They got like dual axle in the back. And, oh, man, yeah, I feel like you can just ramble anywhere. Traffic? <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what about sustainability? With so many uh, local breweries kind of kind of stepping on everybody's toes, I mean, is it going to be sustainable in, in in the future? I mean, or is it just like a like a, you know everybody wants to just grab some cash right away and the, bail type of deal? The sustainability is sort of an awkward topic because um, there's so many things that go into it. Um, opening a brewery is a lot like having a restaurant; it's a very high risks sort of venture you can get into, um, mm -hmm. and. So, you know, somebody can make a fantastic product and maybe they're just not great business people. This market's getting tight enough where you really can't pull that off anymore. Okay. Um, you got to kind of learn quickly and, and get to going, you know, hard knocks business school at that point. Um, and some people are great at business and don't make an awesome product and, you know, they'll linger around. Um, it's really sort of up to where they're at, how business savvy they are, and just the clientele they can attract. Um, and that's the trouble because you're all vying for the same yeah, market. Yeah, it, it's funny because, I mean, <clears throat> you know, craft is usually up every year. But it's not necessarily that, you know, we're inventing new clientele. We're just kind of 
taking it from big beer a little bit. True, true, true. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a huge number. We have a small piece of the pie, and the whole scheme of the beer world, craft brewing in the U.S., I want to say, is still under 20%. I think it's more like 12-ish percent of the whole. Cra- really? Craft? I when thought it had taken a little bit more when, of a stronghold. When you're looking it. at all the, the millions of barrels that, you yeah. know, ABM Bev and all their subsidiaries put out, I mean, it's, we're drops in the bucket. Honestly, I mean, even if you start lumping in Boston beer, Sierra Nevada, Lagunitas, we're still drops in the bucket. It's mm-hmm. of course, but but that but that's and 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 this goes back to our our quote unquote sellout conversation. And then that is why we don't want them to sell out. You know, yeah, because of the distribution. Yeah, you know, hey, I can put my beer, uh, you know, to all these other states. But at yeah, the but same time, but they were just talking about distributing to to uh, Arizona, and you know. Um, I mean, when you're doing, when you're talking about some of these buyouts, um, part of what it is is just ABM Bev leveraging control. Um, They're not necessarily trying to step in and take over that brewery per se, but if they can have a piece of that that pie that's taking a slice of their piece, then they're not losing as much. You know, then if if they're going to lose territory to craft brands, why would they want to control what craft brands they are and have a piece of that? That's true. That's just business, man. And it's, you know, it's not pretty. It's not romantic at all. It kind of takes some of the, the awesomeness out of it, but. Sell out. Can, can you read what I just, <laughs> what you just said? Can you read that right there? It's just business. It's just business. You know, as um, long as the beer doesn't change. God damn it. And that's the thing. As, as long as these breweries can keep their integrity and keep putting out a product that still stands with what craft beer is supposed to be, good for them. Mm-hmm. As soon as they start slipping. Stop buying it, man. That's yep. that's the one thing you can really do. So that's what I and and, and you know, this is may not be a great analogy, but I feel like back, back when I was before college and probably shouldn't have been drinking, uh, Sam Adams, mm-hmm. the Boston Lager. Well, that, but when I started drinking, it wasn't it wasn't my dad's MGD, you know, and I and I had a sip of that and and I liked it. And I don't know if it was me that my flavors had taste, my taste buds had tasted over the years, but like now I drink one, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is terrible. Well, this is not what I remembered when I first drank it. I was like, "Wow, yeah, I mean, Boston Lager is great." It's probably a little bit of both. It's probably them changing and you. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking ten years ago, you change a lot in ten years. Whether it's, we're, it's, we're going like fifteen. <laughs> Remember, I'm older than I look. That Asian, that Asian keeps me young. So, <laughs> well, so like a funny thing. So, like when you get a DUI in California, they put you on your restriction for ten years. And the rationale behind that is every ten years, people go through major changes. Oh. I mean, thank God I haven't had yeah. a DUI, so, so I don't. I don't know that. So uh, that's sort of just denied, a, denied, a, a fun thing is you know just <laughs> keep in mind you're always going to change whether it's five years, ten years, especially when it comes to something like taste. True. You're going to find things that you love more, things that catch your appeal more. You know, maybe something you really enjoy because it was situ- situational. Maybe yeah. something about that time of your life that just really suited you. California burritos. That's never going to go away, man. This is also oh, true. <laughs> what am I saying? What am I saying? I mean, you can make it in Arizona and put some. Uh, some different meat in there, but... Hey, I don't want that Tex-Mix. No. <laughs> I need Rigoberto's number two in, in, right near right near uh, Windensea. That is that is my place to get my burritos. Burrito. Speaking of which... So, now, Kevin... Oh, uh, my bad, my bad. We, we've been going down to Ensenada um, more frequently now, and the craft beer game over there is... Picking up. Yeah, it's picking up, man. It and, really and, and they have some good beers, those guys. And, you know, we went down there and uh, 
we hooked up with the guys from Aguamala Brewery, mm-hmm. and those guys opened up the doors for us, man. That you know, they showed us, you know, that their warehouse and how their things are, are yeah. working. And we were drinking straight from the uh, straight from the tanks, straight, straight from the tanks. You like, you know, like uh, is that episode. The proper, is that a proper proper term? What's that? Just like from the brute, like the tanks. Oh yeah, I mean vessels, tanks, from vessels, brights, whatever. That was me. Hold on, A little remix action. <laughs> DJ. Fuzzy Bear. <laughs> DJ Fuzzy Bear. Yeah, I, you know, I, try, I try my best. I try my You're best. terrible, Uncle B. No, you know, they, and they had uh, their, their IPA, the Astiero. The, um, they had an unfiltered version because I had the Astiero. I have a, a growler right now in my fridge, but that unfiltered one, man, mm-hmm. that, was, that was something. And, you know, and those guys, I think there's like 11 breweries in Ensenada. Right? 12. 12, sorry. 12 there's breweries. 12 now, which is crazy. And all, all the raw materials come from... U.S. and, and it gets shipped down there to Pacific those guys. Northwest. They're still yeah, getting those same hops. Yeah, I mean, I'm not up to par on my agriculture in uh, Central and Southern America, so uh, you know, I don't really know that there's much in the way of barley and hops being grown down that way. Yeah, no, 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 no. Actually, when we were there, <laughs> it all it all was from the Pacific Northwest, California, mm-hmm. everything. It was kind of a trip. Nice. They're like, wait, you pay it to, to ship it all the way down here? <laughs> yep. Nope. Like, that's uh, counterintuitive for the money. That's monies. a whole lot of dealing with customs. Yeah, but, yes. but their stuff's yes, good, you know, and, and a lot of people are, are prefer that versus, like, their Tecate or Dos Equis or Corona oh, yeah. or Modelo, stuff like that. There's a shift. There's a mm-hmm. shift happening. Yep. We're in the middle of it. So do you guys, um, how often do you guys do a uh, collaboration with other breweries? Not is it like, as often as we probably like. Um, <laughs> it's just the last couple of years we've really been working on getting that distribution game going, getting production up. Um, we're just now kind of getting into where we can fit more collaboration style stuff in. I know we did one, I think it was last year with uh, Sis Montaigne early in the year. Really? Really? You guys um, did one? What yeah. did you do with Sis Montaigne? We did uh, like a strong California wheat. Well, actually, it wasn't super strong. It was like 7%, but. It was uh, all California grains and hops. Um, we got a bunch of hops from, oh, God, where was it? A bunch of, like, Fallbrook, oh, Temecula really? hops, and we used those. I didn't know they are growing hops out there. Yeah. Uh, they're they're small farms. Out so oh, in Valley Center? Is that where they're doing it? I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> El, El Centro? Uh, uh, no, 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 you ain't growing, you ain't growing them out in El Centro. <laughs> it's too dry. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. So, how did that turn out? Uh, it was cool. Um, it was a good excuse to go hang out with Evan for the day and hang out at Sis Montaigne. Uh, those guys are always good people, a good good people over there. Yeah. Good people. Yeah, it was also really cool to kind of force us to do events together too afterward to promote the beer and you know sure. tap takeovers to like co tap takeovers. That's uh, what's up. That's what it's all about. I love, yeah. yeah. Lo- local local small craft beer guys working together. Collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah. Distribution. Distribution. You know, we're talking about that. So, like, how can Small craft, you know, companies, businesses like you guys, reach more people. Is it is it being by, you know getting sold out or being a sellout or working with other like? Is there is there like a craft he loves beer? That word. Dis- he loves that I love word. it, dude. I love it. Uh, is there like a craft beer distribution network or something where everybody can just like send their product there and then you know everybody you know? I wish it was that simple. No, it's uh, it's still pretty old fashioned. It's uh, you you go around, you do a lot of events, you run into people that do distribution in different areas. Um, some people work in networks, um, like you, a lot of, you have a lot of AB warehouses that aren't necessarily AB owned per se, but they, that's their bread and butter. They sell butter, butter Miller, and you know that pays bills for them, and then they start developing craft programs to kind of get new focus into their portfolios. And okay. You have mom and pop shops. You know, San Diego has like brown bag distribution with a, a small operation, great people. 
um, and they're focused on craft, you know. Um, well, now Stone. Stone is... Stone. They, they've been doing distribution for a while now. Yeah. They do other people's product, which is really cool. They, they, they do... Uh, for, for one of my favorite breweries is Mammoth Brewing Company. And uh, okay. they do they distribute Mammoth. I, I will not purchase, and I'll still say oh. this, I will not buy Mammoth. How many times have I heard this? I, I will say this till the day <laughs> I die. I will not buy Mammoth beer, not in Mammoth. Okay. That, it's good I, res- to go I, to I respect it. <laughs> right there. Well, that was that was my first Especially like. Especially make it for the Palooza. Palooza. Last year, yeah. remember those tasters I, I broke? I told you I, I yeah, broke those ones. I, I almost cried. <laughs> I almost cried. Well, that just means I need to go again. <laughs> yeah. But it's always the first weekend in, in August, and, and my birthday is in August fifth. So and it's the third. So I'm usually around my birthday. If I get to go. Hey. Well, happy early birthday, <laughs> right? Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'll I'll be there. I'll tell you that much. Uh, with, last year we saw Walter Trout, who was playing down at the Coach House. Uh, later this year, if you guys oh, like cool. some blues guitar, oh my god, this man can wail. But yeah, no, no, that man, Brewing Company was my first like brewery. Okay, because I've been going there since I was one years old. You know, I took the I took the, I took these guys over here. Uh, we got some friends in in studio tonight. Tri- Josh and Trisha, say what's up. That works. <laughs> the peanut gallery. <laughs> we got a peanut hey, gallery hey, tonight. Hey. hey, they just came to drink some beer with us, so you know that, I'm okay with that. Uh, but man, you know, there's always something about that 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 first that first beer, that first brewery that you, know, you fir- that first sort of like time you get hooked on something. Yep. Just whether it's a great song, good beer, it, there's always that something that has a little bit of passion for you. Yeah. You know that that brewery could shut down, but you're never going to lose that memory of it and how awesome it was. So hands down, hands down, it was. Uh, and for me, and I'm glad you said that. But it's uh, the double nut brown, right? And and I man, I got on a, I got on a brown stout porter kick for the longest time. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. And then and then, and then moved on, got into the hop game. Thank it's thank you, one of Green Flash. Weird things. Uh, a lot of people that first get into brewing, it's a lot of reds, browns, lighter pales. It's easy. Yeah, it's. it's Good way to get into it. Malty, caramely. Uh, Hefeweizens are a big beginner beer. Oh, I, that's where that's written initially. No, I remember Blue Moon <laughs> with an orange. Not a, not, <laughs> not, I would slap so myself fancy. now if You're I so if I ordered that now. I'd slap myself in the face. <laughs> Can I get a shock top with uh, with some some orange or lemon? Please, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. What what's what's the uh, what's in the future for 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 you guys? Uh, for us, it's uh, we got some more tanks on the way. We just we. Seems like we just wrapped up an expansion, but that was actually a. Oh, uh, I think we wrapped up our expansion about six, seven months ago. And you put in a there's a wood there's a wood. What's oh, it called? Uh, footer. Footer. Yep, yeah. I saw that the the day there was an old guy who gave me a tour. <laughs> Some old guy with like a oh white hair. Yeah, that would have been Greg. No, 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 not Greg, not Greg and, and Mary Kate, right? Marianne. Marianne, I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 like, he, I don't think he worked, he worked at the brewery, but he, he got, he got us in the back. I, I, I took a date there one night, and, uh, Interesting. it was great. I got, I, I was think, like, yeah, yeah, I know people. I uh, think what old dude with a beard would have been running through my cellar. Yeah, and he, <laughs> you guys, it, it was, it, you just installed the photo, and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my god, I went up and smelt, smelt it on that fresh oh. oak. Oh, oh it's great. It's just this imagine, imagine those those tanks just made out of oak. Ooh. That's basically all this is. It's just a holding tank made out of oak, man, and it's beautiful. Uh, we we actually use it good. for uh, Brett specific beer, so we'll actually oh, we, we have an in-house Brett culture that we have inoculated in that tank and we just put beer in there, let it sit for 6 months and then transfer off and fresh batch goes right back into it and mm. there you go. Uh, Harry Tuttle actually, we just keep oh. that rotating that we have that tank almost exclusively for that beer. Just for Harry Tuttle. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. I had a Brett, I had a Stone enjoy after. Mm-hmm. 
It's been about a year <coughs> since that after. Um, should I crack it? <laughs> or should I just keep it as a as a uh, as a scientist? I would say you should have bought two or three. Well, I kind of forgot. Them I put, put it away. Thinking, yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, cellaring sort of a tricky beast because I mean, it depends on the beer itself. It depends on your cellar, and it depends on what you're trying to age it into. Some beers, like the Brett beers, you know, it might pick up more carbonation. It might get more funk to it. I was thinking it was going to get some funkiness. Yeah. And I went, yeah. um, <laughs> so that's the thing is the Brett should continue working for a long time, doing weird things and just making things fun. But So see what happens? You've had it for about a year? I mean, it was, I would say you're probably pretty safe to open it actually, unless you get crazy. Yeah, it was enjoyed by 10-31-2016. Oh, well then. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I remember it. <laughs> I remember it. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I was like, next Halloween, I'm going to crack this shit, and we're going we, we to drink it, and we're going to love it. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong. <laughs> I forgot about it. Uh. So, Kevin, so we have these these crawlers here. Mm-hmm. What's the shelf life of these things, man? Somebody, somebody, you know, we were there, and I asked somebody, like, oh, a week. I mean, it's being poured off a draft line, so we, we still urge you to drink it quickly. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit better than a growler. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, a week, two weeks. Uh, we've had some go a little bit longer, but when you're purchasing something like that, you want it to be fresh. You want to drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're using our bottling machine or if we ever get a canning machine going, I mean, that we, we take a lot of extra precautions in that to make sure it has a longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, filling off a draft line is just never optimal. Sure. It, it, it's a good for a quick service option, but... And it, it seems like like more and more people are more and more uh, breweries are doing it. Crowlers everywhere. Well, it's now. a funny thing because uh, so we did. Well, I mean, we still do the sixty four ounce glass crowlers. We did the thirty two ounces for a while, and you know the glass is expensive. Mm-hmm. Not everybody remembers to bring them back, and you know people want to return them and get money back on because they think it's a returnable thing. It's like, no, Wait, you, what? you bought that, man. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, not a recycling I, center. I don't know what you've done with that thing. You own this. Yeah, <laughs> no. You want to put more beer in it. But, yeah, you can pay for the beer and um, you can keep that. <laughs> so, I mean, the crawlers that are nice because it's a disposable, recyclable thing that's not very expensive. It's True. not like, you know, you're paying 10 bucks for a glass that you might not remember to bring back with you next time or it mm-hmm. might break. Um, so it's, it's a nice innovation for our, our sector. Mm. Yeah. See now, and, and, and I've gotten away. I, I own many sixty-four ounce. When I first started buying growlers, I own. Oh. I was like, oh, I got it because it was before you can cover up the uh, the logo. So now I just own all these. But now I've gone to my thirty-twos. I have I have a couple dual wall. You know the nice. the sixty-fours are great if you know you're having something going on. You're going to have a few people around. Mm-hmm. But if it's just you, man. Especially not, if you got like a double IPA or something, it's it's hard to crush sixty four ounces of like a ten percent beer. <laughs> not unless you're a drunk or something. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know. I wasn't I wasn't ordering this this Crowler future trip in just for me. Honestly, that's a, that's a that's a fun night. Um, but now, have you heard of? Uh, so we, we're going to start carrying mate. Hopefully, Quicksilver, you listening? Uh, drink tanks. Have you heard? Of, uh, so it is a uh, so it's a one twenty eight ounce, oh, which you guys won't fill. Uh, right, thirty-two oh. or sixty-four uh, on your website. It does not specify one twenty-eight ounce crawlers. If I brought it, would you fill it? Just charge me t- the price of two sixty-fours. I don't manage the tasting room. <laughs> I gotta ask um, Mary. So yeah, you'd have to ask Marianne. Um, really, it's more of a labeling issue because we do have to affix some sort of a label to it, which I don't mind. And, and part of that is it has to have the right ounces on it. Yep, it'll have the ounce. Oh, and doesn't have to have the Surgeon the, General now. Now is that a state law? With the Surgeon General? Yeah, or is that a? Yeah, that, that's a general label law in California and the federal government. Because so. one of the, I have two of my growlers that don't 
But you're supposed to. But yeah, and everybody now looks at the bottom. They'll look for the the. Yeah, yeah actually, on ours, um, since we had some people that maybe ran theirs through dishwasher something, and a lot of the printing came off. Mm-hmm. When we put mm-hmm. our tags on there, the tags themselves have they're actually a, a California state approved label for this purpose, uh, and it mm-hmm. has a certain general warning on one side. It has the beer information on it. Ounces, date filled, all that fun stuff. Mm. Nice, nice, so, nice. Yeah, that, that actually meets all the label requirements for California. Okay. So, speaking of recycling, what happens to all the raw materials after you guys, you know, get through all that stuff for brewing? Yeah, for the brewing process. Um, we yeah. have a couple of farmers. Um, one of which we actually buy like our lamb and stuff from for the kitchen. So he comes and picks up some of the grain for his his livestock. I have another guy um, in Norco that picks up for his livestock. Um, right now, both those guys cover most of my needs for that. Uh, some of the spent fruit and, and adjunct stuff goes into that same pile and it gets fed to animals. Awesome. So it gets, it's getting recycled. It's not just being yeah. thrown away. Yeah. I mean, we would be filling up dumpsters all the time. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be horrible. Did you, did you hear about the guy now, uh, Southern California, who is capturing the CO2 from the brewing process to use as carbonation? You can do that. Um, I mean, there's a few diff- a few ways around it if you're really an engineering and tech savvy that guy. That was him. Nerd. You could actually filter it, store it, use it throughout the whole system. Um, the old school way of doing it is spunding, where you kind of cap the fermentation early, and as it's finishing fermentation, it'll actually carbonate itself a little bit. That way, all you have to do is touch it up later. Oh. Um, that's, that's that's definitely saving you on CO2. Yeah. Or, or, like, you know, uh, another practice for a more low-tech solution is to, like, when you're, making, when you're doing transfers from one tank to another, usually you want to have a blanket of gas in each tank, and you're using a pump to kind of push it along, but you can actually jump like a hose from one tank to the other to just to switch the gas. So as you're emptying one tank and filling the other one, the gas is switching over. Uh, so you're able to use the pump still, but you're not adding any extra gas usage or leakage. You're using the same amount that would have been there. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a very efficient way to do it then. It, it's one low-tech <laughs> way low of saving. Low-tech, but sometimes <laughs> it's... Because, yeah, you're not just dumping a bunch of excess gas in the, in the environment, and yeah. you're not paying for that gas that you're having somebody come fill your tank with. So. Exactly. So, exactly. So you guys are trying to be more environmentally friendly. It's Yeah, I mean... I think most breweries, when we get into it, we want it. We're more often than not environmentally conscious, at least. We try to make some practices that make sense financially and for the environments. We're a little sustainable in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of that sort of the, the, the cool high techs that we're seeing now just wasn't available. There right. wasn't, you know, n- uh, nitrogen t- uh, generators that would pull ambient nitrogen from the air, filter it out, put it into a tank for you, and you can use that as part of your blend gas reporting beer for transfers. Um, You know, ozone machines for sanitization wasn't a thing until, you know, I mean, it's a thing that they had around, but it wasn't in a small, portable, semi-affordable version for us. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you're seeing a lot of stuff in the last several years and probably the next forever just coming out to help us be more efficient and put out a better product, which Mm -hmm. is always the goal. So, Just think about what, what was 10 years ago. Think about the next 10 years? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to be ridiculous. It was funny because, I mean, brewing, just sort of as far as just like equipment movements, there wasn't a lot of change. It was pretty standard for a long time. You got Mm -hmm. a little bit of automation here or there. You got some more efficient pumps. But there was no earth-shattering stuff. And now you're trying to see a lot of new things popping out. And I'm excited. Yeah. It's really cool. It's amazing to see what people are getting into now that craft beer is getting bigger and they're seeing a market that's generating them to have these innovations for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you – but – and then I brought this up before. Do you feel now that the market is getting saturated? And I hate to use the pun. Is it, is, is it getting tapped out? Is the craft beer industry um, getting tapped out? You're gonna, I think you're just you're going to see people that are going to have to be a little more creative 
um, and again, make better business decisions. True. You're going to see some of the smaller breweries start to probably fade away. Or, you know, they're going to have to find their niche market and they're going to have to kind of stay in their little bubble for a little while until they're ready to make a jump. True. You know, again, a, a, business, a better business decision because you get some people mm-hmm. who just want to rush into markets and get everywhere and either they're getting there and the consistency of the quality of the beer is not going to stay because they're just pushing it out or, you know, there's there's going to be hurdles and they... Each, each system and each market has its own little thing that makes it complicated. Um, no, no brewery is the exact same. It's, it's, no. You can go on tours for weeks in this area, and you're not going to see the exact same system pop up. Oh, no. God, no. Often. Believe me, I've, I've tried. It, it's funny because mm-hmm. I've even seen like, systems that were identical to ones I worked on before, but the way they were arranged in a particular building changes. Just the because of the actual setup of the building. Yeah. Wow. It could be almost the exact same brew house, but it runs just a little bit differently, and the process itself can be quite a bit different. So you can run the same recipe in two to two different oh, locations, yeah. and it would come out different. It, it, the potential is for that, yeah. That's wow. Like, unless your brew staffs are just on it, and they know what their differences are, they can kind of plan Play for that. that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it, it goes back to making it as complicated as you want for brewing, so I think I came earlier about home brewing and production brewing you can make it as complicated as you want or you can make it as simple it's just a matter of what your goal is for the product and for your market mm-hmm. so are you still ex- experimenting at home like do you like hey i want to try something else Ooh, i don't think i've home brewed since probably 2007 2008 i, I used to still homebrew a lot when i when i was still brewing and I ended up taking a contract in Canada, so when I moved to Canada, I just got rid of everything, and I've never re-upped on all that stuff. I so you're just like, nope, I'm out. I, yeah. You have a playground now. You have yeah. a toy store. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Barley I, Forge. But do you have the freedom to, to try something different? Oh, yeah. Um, Greg and Marianne have been really good about letting me sort of play with my creativity when we have the time for it. Okay. You know, as long as we're, we're meeting production and things are going smoothly, I have the freedom to do pretty much whatever we that's want. awesome and we also we still have a pilot system that uh sean and greg pretty much run uh, we don't use it a lot but they they do kind of dip into it and play around with whatever their whims are so that's kind of nice too you got to be able to play still yeah that's that's the whole point why you got into it you gotta mm-hmm. try right that's cool it. well kevin we appreciate you coming into the studio and talking hey, kevin to buckley with everyone thank you come on thank you for coming in man yeah so if somebody wants to go down to the brewery where, where are you guys located we are at uh, 2957 randolph avenue uh the tasting room is in unit b so it's the far side of the parking lot you got a good uh, sign right on the street look for that barley forge well, sign now that we have that whole section of the building hopefully the city will let us put a sign on the side of the building now <laughs> <laughs> wait you guys have the whole building now um, so when you go into the parking lot, there's the building to the right and the building to the left. Yeah. We have that whole building on the left. You're, you're doing work on it today. I backed into a cone. Oh, that was today. actually so. <laughs> that, that was me. Jeez, the Uncle office B. spaces on the other side actually share a bathroom right there, so they're redoing the bathroom for those guys. Um, but we were doing construction. Actually, we still are. We're expanding the kitchen. So it seems like we're always building something, man. I'm stepping in construction crews. It, left and right. Is that Marianne's kid who's who's always running food? Um, there's a kid. Child labor laws. You guys hear this right now. Somebody <laughs> come in over here. He hasn't worked there in a while. Oh, see? And that's Child what I've missed. Laws. I haven't because yeah, now I moved yeah. down to South Orange County. I haven't been able to just... Yeah, when you were still coming in pretty often, Graham, yeah, he was still our Graham, yes, yes. He was wearing the little chef's jacket <laughs> yeah. and everything. It was great. I was yeah, like, who's was, this kid giving me my food? He would help out prepping, and uh, it was awesome that he had a good time doing it, so it was cool to watch him. Nice, nice. Now he's grown up. But yeah, man, now he's a teenager and just doing all his stuff. <laughs> on the phone, on, on the cell phone, on the Instagram. And the and the Facebooks and uh, but Kevin, hey, thanks a lot, man. Hey, you guys, everyone, check out check out Barley Forge. It's a great place. Go get yourself some good beer. Yeah. Have some good times. And they got food. 
Ooh, the good food. Oh, and Thursday's jazz night. What? Right. I've been there for many times for jazz night, boy. Just jazz night? They don't. You guys don't have like open, like uh, where you can have like a local band come in and play. We mix. There are a lot of local musicians. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of. It's a lot of jazz. Sometimes it's a little bit more so like American folk stuff. There is. Um, yeah, yeah, that's we true. We have an Irish folk band that comes in. They start tapping, Once like doing like that. What is that? The, what is that tapping that they're doing? River dance. Yeah. Kind of river dance? <laughs> yes. You know what, Lou? If you want to come in and river dance, yes. You know you can do that. But you have to wear a leotard. Yeah. But you have to. That is that is the one stipulation. We're, we're gonna cut this right now. <laughs> it's about to get Oh man! All right, Sir, Kevin. Once again, you. brother. Thank, thank you so much, much yeah. my man. Let's get it. Cheers, a- guys. Cheers, boys. Cheers.